Hello everyone, this is Kyle Galaz with Poor to Pro Car Sales Training Podcast. Become a sales titan. Thank you for listening in. I always want to say thank you to you guys. Your guys' feedback feeds me. I hope you guys just had a killer weekend of sales. We just had a smoking weekend at the dealership. And here's the difference, right? This is how I know you're going to be a, become a sales legend, a sales titan, is because it's after hours or it's before hours and you're trying to learn more about the car business. Like you, I'm here talking about the car business. We don't shut off our car sales brains when the dealership turns its lights off, right? If you truly want to make over 100000 a year, you keep going. You keep learning. We're students of the game. You never master this craft. You can only get really, really good, extremely good, where you leave records at your dealership that cannot be broken. That is your job is to make a ridiculous amount of money, have fun while doing it, make a ton of cool friends and become a sales titan and have a flourishing career and leave records at your dealership that can never be broken. That is a car sales titan and that is you. Kudos to you for listening to the podcast after hours and before hours. I get feedback from you guys which totally feeds me and pumps me up. Hey, I listened to your podcast on on the way to work to get my mind right. Isn't that awesome? Instead of them listening to to, to music, they're listening to, to a car sales training podcast to get better. Here's what's interesting about, and I'll ask this question to you about the car business, but here's my question. Are you making 40? Are you making 50,000 a year? Are you making 60, 70, 80? What are you making right now? Okay. If it's between 40 and 80 or 90, you're probably wondering, what in the world does it take to make over 100K a year? I'm doing everything possible to make over 100K. How do these guys do it? Okay, it's like climbing Mount Everest. It's a humongous mountain, right? How do these guys climb it? How do they make over 100,000 a year? And my answer to that is it's actually quite easy. But if you haven't done it yet, it's uncharted waters. It's a map that hasn't been written yet. So you don't know how to get there. But once you've been doing it and you've been making over 100000 a year in the car business like I have or like some of your co-partners at the dealership, they, they won't ever go back. I will never make less than hundred k in the car business the, as long as I'm still in it, okay? Because I've done it. I know how to do it. It's, it's a path that I've taken before. And now I'm looking at trying to do two, three, four hundred thousand a year, just like you guys want to get there one day. And you will. Kudos for you finding the podcast. Thank you guys for listening in. My name is Kyle Galaz. If this is the first time you've listened, this is episode 10, the final episode of season one. I'm a car sales manager. I sold for uh, 17 years on the floor. I've been selling since sixth grade. There's a podcast I'll tell you about that. One of these days I'll go that far back. But I've been a sales manager and sales trainer I've been in walk-around competitions with Ford. I've done a little bit of everything, commercials, postings, advertising. I love the car business through and through. And the, the, the fact that I have the ability to have a podcast and help you guys warms my heart. I love selling cars, making money, having fun, and I love my beautiful family. It's the reason why I do it for my career and my, fa- and my family. But now I'm doing it for you guys because I love doing this podcast thing. And I'm still trying to get good at it. I'm not perfect at this podcast thing. But let's get going. Episode 10 is how to deal with a price shopper.
Price shoppers are everywhere. And rightfully so. No one wants to get screwed. Everyone wants the best possible price. So do I, so do you. When you go shopping for a couch or a a new this or a new that, you don't want to pay the highest price. So what do you say to your sales guy? Yeah, I'm comparing you guys to another dealership or another furniture store or another TV store or another computer place. Whatever it is, you're looking for the best deal and that is just a default thing to say. So knowing that, when you meet these customers, what they're really saying is, help me buy a car and not get screwed. That's what they're really saying when they say I'm shopping for the best price. I'm looking at different dealerships. They just don't want to get screwed. They're looking for a professional to take them through the process and make them feel warm and fuzzy that they're not getting screwed. And that's where we're going to talk about what we're going to talk about. If you wait until the very end of the the process, so you're at the desk to start building value and telling them why your price is going to be the best, it's too late, okay? Building value starts at the meet and greet. Being able to overcome people's price objections starts at the meet and greet before you've talked about price. Remember what I've said in the other podcast. When the value of the vehicle that you're selling surpasses the price of it, they will buy from you instantaneously because they don't want to lose that deal. Oh my gosh, honey, it comes with all this, this, and this, and it's only this price? Let's do it, okay? But if you haven't built that value in yourself, the dealership, and the product, and that value has not surpassed the price, then they're going to want a better price. They're going to bring up every other dealership known to man. What I need you to understand also is no matter what dealership you work at in the U.S., the other dealership down the street has a better price than you according to the customer. If you work at 123 Motors, then ABC Motorsports has a better price on the same car. If you quit your 123 Motors because every deal is better over at ABC Motorsports and you start working at ABC Motorsports, guess what the customer is going to say? Well, at 123 Motors, they have the same car at a better price. No matter where you go, it's always going to be a better price somewhere else. Okay? But we know that's impossible. Otherwise, cars will eventually be $0.00 and 0 cents because dealerships will keep beating themselves. I'm just going to keep searching until I find the car dealership that's giving them away for free. So those are, those are tricky advertisements that dealerships use to get people in. And we're going to talk about that too in this podcast. But building value is the best way to overcome people that are always price shopping. Now there's price shoppers on internet leads, there's price shoppers over the phone, and there's price shoppers in person. So we'll cover that too. But here's step two. And let's say you're at a new car dealership because most people that want to have a long career and, and move up, they usually pick a new car dealership, right? So let's say you work at a beautiful new car dealership and you're, you're competing against some big dealerships down the road or out of, out of town. Okay, so here's what you do if you have a, a customer that comes in and says, hey, this dealership down the street has uh, a fi- uh, the same car for $5,000 less. What are they really saying? Well, let's think about it because I've had to deal with this when I worked at the Ford store in Bakersfield. A customer could drive an hour and a half south to Los Angeles to Galpin Ford and save $5,000. Every vehicle in Galpin Ford seemed to be $5,000 less than the ones we had in Bakersfield. So then I had to figure out, okay, why is that? Are they losing $5,000 on every car and not making any money? No, it's how they advertise to people out of of town. 
This is how those dealerships do it. And this is step one into dealing with the price shopper. Write this down. You need to plant a seed of doubt. Okay, here's how you do it. And you have to do it as early as they pull up, as early as they bring up, well, I'm comparing prices to this other dealership. The moment they say that or or they say, hey, the F-150 at this other dealership's three grand less, this is when you start planting the seed of doubt. That's your cue, okay? So the first, the first uh, thing to plant is rebates. Oh, I understand that, Mr. Customer. It's kind of a common thing they do when they advertise out of their own uh, city and demographics is they, they put all these rebates on the, the ad that may not even be applicable to you. They have firefighter rebates, uh, first responder rebates. They have uh, returning uh, Ford owner rebates. They have conquest rebates if you, if you own a non-Ford. They have if you lease it rebates. They have if you do a normal finance rebate. They also have if you use Ford Motor Credit, you know, their own in-house financing rebate. But the problem is, is by the time you drive down there on this advertisement and you get down there and then they educate you, well, did you read the fine print? Did you see that you have to do all these things to get these rebates? You've already committed a whole day. You don't want to leave empty handed. So you're going to end up buying the truck for the same price that we would offer you. The reason why we don't advertise like that, Mr. Customer, is because we're a very transparent dealership and we don't play games. If they're already playing games before you've even driven there, just in their initial advertisement, imagine what's going to happen when you show up at their door. Okay? They're going to take you to the cleaners, and you're going to be like, what in the heck did I just do? I'll never buy from out of town again. We don't do that. The owner of this dealership has never been that way. That is why I work here. I would not work at a dealership that did those false advertisements. Okay? So you need to plant a seed of doubt right off the bat, but only when they bring up that they're price shopping or shopping other places or there's a truck somewhere else. You don't want to bring that up when you first meet them. There's no way you go into that that sales pitch. Okay. Now, the only way the, the, the planting the seed of doubt works is when you continue to go through the sales process like you're supposed to. The 11 steps of the sale, right? Meet and greet building rapport slash needs assessment, proper product demonstration, aka walk around, demo drive, right? If you do all those things right, that's that that um that seed that you planted of doubt in their head starts growing. The more they start liking you, the more the more they start trusting you, those initial words you told them about the other dealership and how they do business become more and more realistic and more believable because of how good of a job you're doing through the sales process. By the end of it and you're done with the test drive and you're ready to come in and work numbers and you've done everything right in the sales process, they're not going to even remember about the other dealership. And if they do, they're going to be like, I don't want to deal with them. Look at this guy. He's a professional. He's done everything right. Why would I want to go take my business elsewhere? And you can use this analogy. I don't use it very often, but it is something that I was taught. Okay, so Denny's restaurant has a, an eight ounce steak that's that's $9.99. Eight-ounce steak, $9.99. This steakhouse also has an eight-ounce steak that's $26.99. Okay? Would you say that the difference in quality differentiates the, the product, the steak? Or do you truly think it's the same steak? Just one has a $20 higher price. I don't think so. I think Denny's makes a good steak, and I think it's a credible uh, restaurant, and it's great for breakfast. But this steakhouse 
Steak is a different product. And I'm not trying to knock the other dealership, but you see what I'm kind of saying? It On paper, it's an 8-ounce steak. On paper, it's an F-150. But the fine print and the, and the quality is different, the type of truck it is. So, again, you don't use that all the time, but it's part of planting that seed of doubt of when they drive that far away, you're going to realize how they do business. Now, if it's a local dealership, it's a little bit harder to, to do that because they don't have to commit to driving, um, you know, two hours, hour and a half out of state, you know, to, to a different dealership. They can literally just drive across town, but you can still plant the seed of doubt, still build a friend, still do all that. So the, the person that comes into the dealership is a lot easier to deal with the price shopping uh, objection. The harder ones are the internet leads and phone calls because they have no skin in the game. They have no time um, cooped up in, in shopping, right? They're a keyboard warrior. Well, this dealership has a lower price, right? So there's really no no time invested. Those are a little bit harder. But how I've learned to deal with those people is, hey, I get it. Here's what I would like to do that the other dealership may not want to because they just want a quick and easy sale. I'd like you to come in check out the vehicle and then I can give you my very, very best price. And if at that point you don't like it, you don't have to buy it because Mr. Customer, I've had people that have grinded me on price for 20 emails, 30 text messages, hours of time. We finally get to the price they want and they come in and it's all their kids don't fit in the back, right? I don't want to do that to you. I want you to make sure you like the car. And then if you don't like my best price, again, you don't have to buy it. Wouldn't you agree that if that customer was in front of you, it's a lot different experience than just over the phone or text? And what I mean by that is once a person gets to know you as a person and as a salesman, they're probably going to fall in love with you, right? Because you're that good. You're that fun. You're energetic. You have a good personality. You're honest. But over a text message or an email, you're just like every other salesman. So the only thing that can differentiate you from the other people is by trying to get them in. So the point the point of an internet lead and a phone call or an email is to get them into your dealership. You don't have a sale until they're in the dealership and they they like the product. Okay? it's You just got to always fight for that appointment. And you allow them to have a loophole. Okay? Hey, if at that point, if you don't like the car or if you don't like the price, you don't have to buy it. Okay? You're allowing them to kind of a way out. But what what's going to happen is when they get there, you're going to do everything right. They're going to fall in love with you. They're going to love the dealership. They're going to trust you. And they're going to realize, well, it's not the better price, but I don't want to go there and find out I don't apply for those rebates because you've planted that seed of doubt. But you got them in and you got your hooks in them of how much they like you. Okay? So plant the seed of doubt. Tell them how other dealerships advertise their rebates. You won't even apply for qualify for half of them but that's what they do to get you in another thing dealerships do on advertisements mr customer is they'll show a picture of a high-end truck with all this fine print down below that says uh truck and picture not actual truck or they'll use some loophole verbiages that shows you that that's not the truck right they're showing a high-end truck and they're actually advertising the price of a low-end truck but their disclaimer says not actual truck shown okay I don't want you to go through that step. If they're already giving you 
some falsities just in their advertisement. Imagine what it's going to be like when you get there. I can only imagine how they do business. Okay. And if a dealership's truly willing to lose money on cars they're selling, what's that tell you about their business model? You really want to spend your money with a dealership that's losing money? <laughs> what's that tell you about the owner? Where's the money going? I'd rather do business with a dealership that's going to be in town and have my back and has the ability to spend money when needed, that has liquid assets, that has cash in the bank. Not a dealership that's losing money just to sell cars. There's something wrong with their business model. You wouldn't open a dealer or a business just to lose money. What's that tell you about their dealership? Again, that kind of goes back into the planting the seed of doubt. Okay. All right. Let's keep talking about uh, price shoppers on on the internet for internet leads. So the dealership I currently work at, we sell cars in every 50, every state in the U.S., even Hawaii and Alaska. We have customers fly in from Alaska, drive them back, or we ship them on a, a barge all the way to Hawaii. It's crazy. The only reason why we do that is because we really do try to put our best price up front and write up and have good a good sales process to get them to, to commit. But how do you deal with a guy that's in a five-hour away drive? You can't just say, hey, why don't you come on in and if you don't like the price, you don't have to buy it, right? Because he's so far away. So there are some times when you have to, when you have to do it their way, right? Get them the best price. But in that internet lead email and your phone calls, you got to do everything you can to differentiate yourself from the other dealership. And you do that by still trying to build a friend. Even in your email signature, have a picture of you and your family and your dog, something that differentiate you from the other dealership here's what will differentiate you from the other dealerships on internet lead price shoppers i call it the one and done customer puts an internet lead to a dealership uh, salesman says hello this is kyle at 123 motors i see you inquired on this f-150 here's my price here's the rebates let me know if you'd like to come in and test drive it send right so the customer just sent an email in Obviously, that customer doesn't want to test drive. He lives five hours away. The one and done part is the salesman never follows up. He might send a generic email. Haven't heard from you in a while. You still interested? Okay. So the one and done is a bad, uh, it's a no-no in the car business. You need to continually, continually follow up and start building a friendship over email. Even if it's you send them the price of the vehicle and you have a funny meme in the in the email, right? Do something that makes you a little bit different. Give them your best price if they truly are that far out of town and try to build a friend because it's going to be hard to get them in the showroom. Okay, same thing with the phone call buyer. If, they, if they're truly that far out of town, just get them your best price. Try to make them laugh. Log them into your CRM and do lots of follow-up. Okay, because that means they're calling a lot of other dealerships. They'll forget who they've even called, but you keep calling them back. They'll probably go with you. All right, uh, so we talked about rebates. Advertising, how they advertise a different looking vehicle. We talked about how every other dealership other than yours has the better prices. Okay. Another thing dealerships do is they'll advertise something that is a loss that they've had on the lot for a long time. And you truly can't figure out how they're doing that price. You've gone to your sales manager and you're like, are they losing five grand to sell this car? Okay. Customer drives there and they realize, oh, there's already a deposit on it. Oh, how convenient. 
but you got me all the way over here. So that goes back to planting a seed of doubt. You can tell customers, listen, I've dealt with this other dealership advertising crazy low prices before. It's new to you, but it's not new to me because I see it all the time. You're going to drive all the way down there and they're going to tell you, oh, there's a deposit on it because they really don't want to sell that car to loss. No dealership does. But all of a sudden there's a customer in-house trying to get approved on it and you can't buy it. So I just want you to be careful of that, Mr. Customer. If they're already playing games up front, imagine when you get there. Okay, now we talked a little bit about the um, the engineer or let's talk about the engineer buyer, right? He's at your desk. He's very analytical. He doesn't get emotionally involved with the car deal. So your your normal sales tactics aren't working, right? Fun, making them laugh. It just nothing works. Those kind of guys, when you get to the desk, I have found in my experience that you just give them the numbers, you stay quiet, and you let them process. The more you talk, the worse it is because they can't think. These guys are thinkers. They're used to drawn out blueprints or studying in peace and quiet so for them to process what you're telling them let them look at the numbers maybe even tell them hey hang out at my desk take a look at the numbers i'm going to stand over here and if you need me just raise your hand okay those analytical guys don't need a salesman yapping about jokes in the football game give them the numbers go over go over every uh amount on there their trade their payoff down to the penny and say, here's the uh, amount at the bottom that you'd be paying out the door. Uh, we offer great you know, financing, anywhere from 24 months all the way up to 60 and 72 months. And if your credit is really good, it'll be 84. You can go up to 84 months. Oh, yeah, my credit's great. Well, there you go. You're getting closer. Okay. Then there's the customer uh, that's kind of ignorant. Well, the other dealership, uh, it's way cheaper over there. Well, what do you mean it's way cheaper? Yeah, it's $6,000 less. What dealership is it? It's this one. Yeah, they got the same truck, $6,000 less. Okay. They don't know why it's less. So you can go over the rebate thing with them, but they still don't get it. Right. You, you've told them, well, they're advertising rebates that aren't applicable. Oh, well, I don't know. So what I've done with those people is educated them by going to the actual website of the, the competition. I am not afraid to go to the competition's website because I'm confident in myself and the dealership. And I pull up, is that the is that the truck you're looking at? Okay, well, let's check it out. Okay, see what they're doing here? And then you can figure out why their truck is so much cheaper. It's a regular cab two-wheel drive. Aren't you looking for a crew cab four-wheel? Yeah. There you go. That's why it's six grand cheaper. Oh, okay. Well, what will my payments be? Okay. So sometimes the uneducated buyer, and I don't mean like when I say ignorant, I don't mean that in a bad way. It's just, they don't know any better because they're not, they're not used to car shopping. We're the professional. We sell tons of cars a month. They only buy a few every few years. So we're the professional, not them. So we have to educate them sometimes. So price shoppers can be tricky. There is no exact formula to it. I hope I've covered enough to kind of help you with some of the, the, uh, the problems that you come up with, I, I'm not going to have a perfect formula for you. Something that you can say to every customer because every customer is different, but that's what makes us good salesmen is we can mold to any customer, any scenario. We're like chameleons. We can adapt to our surroundings. Engineer comes in. We know what to do. Person that doesn't know any better. We know what to do. We plant those seeds of doubt. Boom. This is how they do business. If they're already doing business like this before you got there, imagine what's going to happen when you get there, plant those seeds of doubt and you work that 11 steps of the sale as best as possible.
okay? Because through that 11 steps of the process, 11 steps of the sale, that that seed of doubt is going to grow and they're going to trust you and like you and they're going to want to buy from you even though you may not have the better price. If it truly is the same vehicle, then it's the same price and this is what it costs anywhere you go, Mr. Customer. So don't put yourself through all that when I have the vehicle here. Fair enough, okay? Now I'm going to touch on used vehicles a little bit. Used are interesting because customers will say, oh, I have the... This dealership has the same car. Mm, no, it's not. Unless the odometer is the exact same, the original in-service date is the exact same, the year, I mean, there's no way a used vehicle can be the exact same. Okay? So what you got to do with that buyer is figure out their hot buttons, what exactly you're looking for, and figure out why theirs is cheaper. Does it have a bad Carfax? Has it been salvaged? Is it a rental Let's use a Trailhawk Jeep, for instance, right? Let's say a Cherokee, Jeep Cherokee Trailhawk. Well, there's lots of different levels of the Trailhawk, but customers know them as a Jeep Cherokee Trailhawk. Rental companies, when they order Trailhawks, they order it with no options. Dealerships, when they order Trailhawks, they order it with all kinds of options. So when a customer says, well, there's a Trailhawk at this dealership, well, you got to figure out why it's cheaper. Pull up the Carfax, see if it was a rental. Oh, that's why. Pull up the original window sticker. Figure out why the other vehicle is, is cheaper because there's no two vehicles alike in the used car world. And you got to educate them of why theirs is cheaper. Run car faxes, figure it out. You got to be pretty sly with used cars because um, no vehicle is the same, but customers think they're the same. So we got to educate them on that. It, it really, there's no other thing to talk about on pricing on used vehicles because there's never the same car. Now, if you have a price shopper that just wants to grind, right? Because there's that price shopper that, well, it's 30 grand. I want it for, I want it for 25. Then you got to make sure you build that value. Remember, if the value passes the, the, the price of the car, they're going to buy the vehicle with you. Okay. Let's go over that real quick. So let's say the price of the vehicle is $40,000. You need to tell them why it costs 40 grand in your walk around, in your product presentation, and you need to have that value of the vehicle start surpassing the price. Now, if the value of the vehicle kind of hits the price of the, the vehicle, it's $40,000 truck, it's got about 40 grand worth of value. Where does that extra value come in to get the customer to say yes? There's a huge chunk of value in you as a sales guy. A, a sales guy can push a deal over the top, right? Customers on the fence, but they really like you. They're going to buy the car. How many times have we heard that, right? Well, that's not the best price, but man, I really like the way you do business. You're a cool guy, okay? So if, if, if you're having a hard time building value in the vehicle to surpass the price, then you need to build value in yourself to get it over the top. Build value in the dealership. Build value in your service department. Build value in something to get it past the price. So if you have a price shopper that's just a grinder, that's where you start. Build that value past it. And then you go into how you, you guys do business. My motto is, hey, we put our very best price up front. We don't have a ton of negotiating room that customers think we do, but we sell a lot of cars based on our on our on uh, the way we do business. Okay, And I tell them up, that up pretty pretty early in the process on a used car so that way when they get to the desk they don't expect thousands off they may expect only a couple hundred bucks off or they they don't even ask because how much value i've built the value has surpassed the price so 
Again, there's a lot to cover. I hope that I've helped cover quite a bit for you. If you have any questions, email me, text me, message me, whatever avenue you got to find me, do that. I'm here to help you guys. If you have suggestions, suggestions, also do that. Remember to find me on Instagram, poor to pro underscore car sales training. You'll see my little logo with become a sales titan and this and my number. Call me anytime. Let's talk business. I'm here for you guys. My goal is to turn you into sales titans that make over 100000 a year. If you have any other questions, let me know. This is episode 10, the final episode of season one. Can't wait for season two. Got some cool plans. Thank you. Kyle Galaz signing off.